I was just contemplating the reality of the Christian faith. You know, there's one thing about the Christian faith that no other belief system in the world uh, has, and that is the Christian faith always wants to add to our lives, always wants to see increase in our lives, always wants to see us um, going, doing, you know, as our life gets, as we get older and older, there's always things that God wants to add and bring blessing and, and more of. And the scriptures reflect that when you look at the Bible. It's always talking about increase, what God wants to do. And, you know, even though our outward person is fading away, isn't it? And we get a little older every day. The reality is the Bible just talks about our inward person being renewed day by day. And that's an incredible encouragement, I think, in life. Because I don't think any other belief system in the world can boast of that truth that the Christian faith is all about more and more and more increase in what he wants for us. And I think that's a very positive thing. It'd be terrible if we followed Christ and all it was was about what he, you know, our decrease and our decline in life and how everything was, you know, he wants to take from us or thank you very much, Dale. But that's not the case with the Christian faith. I just, just a couple of verses I love. It says in 1 Thessalonians, Paul wrote this letter to this church in Thessalonica. And he said this, he said, And may the Lord make you, what? Increase and abound in love to one another, to all, just as, uh, as, you, as we do to you. And uh, God's plan was, was seemingly that we wouldn't go backwards, but he says, I want you to increase and even abound. Abound and increase. Isn't that a positive message? Um, uh, you know, um, and even though sometimes in life we've experienced where we think we're going backwards or there's some incredible struggle happens or maybe our health is not as what it should be and, and things are happening, I'm just glad that, as I said before, our outward body may sometimes face some things and suffer. I'm just glad that our inner person, God can renew and, ref and, and bring increase and encouragement in those areas. And sometimes we go through some struggles, and, and I'm aware that, uh, that in some cases it's like God, you know, if the farmer takes a tree and he wants to see more produce and more fruit, he'll often prune it at the right time of the season. And as he prunes it, then it, of course it can sprout more fruit and be more increased. And so whatever season you may be in, you feel like you're in tonight, whether it's an outright increase or there seems to be some pruning happening, it's always ultimately God wants to bring good things out of it. And uh, I think that's encouraging because he says, come on, uh, come on, the Lord make you increase and abound. There's another verse in the Bible in Isaiah 9, 7. It just says this, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And you read a verse like that and you think, peace? And we can often think of the world. And when we think of peace, and the world seems to sometimes have an existence of everything but peace. Uh, certainly there's an increase in unrest and social and problems and struggles and people at war with each other all over this world. And tonight there's many wars being waged you know, uh, within the confines and boundaries of certain countries. And that's sad, but I don't think God's kingdom increases because of the world's peace. If we're looking for the world's peace, don't hold your breath. But the peace that I believe that he's talking about is the peace, once again, that we can have. Who knows that all the, all the life can be, a, it can be some wars raging around you in a sense of what's happening and the problems and struggles you may face and the trials that are on your life. But the reality is you can still live in peace. 
It's a, bit, a little bit like the, it's a little bit like the bird that built its nest under the waterfall, a raging waterfall and torrents of water falling and crashing on the rocks. And yet in the midst of the cliff face there, in the midst of all the, you know, the, um, the water that's rising off those rocks and everything in turmoil, there's a bird on its nest with a couple eggs under its little breast and just fast asleep at total peace. And you know, I think that's the kind of picture that God wants us to realize that's the increase of his peace in our lives. And I think that's a good thing. I wouldn't want to live in a Christian faith that was all about you know, un- no peace, unrest, turmoil, struggle. Um, we face enough of that. But God wants to give an increase of peace. So <clears throat> I've, I'm, I'm encouraged because when I think of increase, God has an ever-increasing provision for you. There's a verse in the Bible that goes like this in Matthew 7, 11. Um, we'll get it happening. Thank you. And if you then, being evil, it says, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And I ask myself the question, it says that it gives how much more? How much is how much more? You ever thought about that? Well, I don't know, <laughs> to be honest. I don't, but I do know this, that I've never been able to outgive God. I know this, you know, all I can say is that God's ever increasing in the area of his generosity and giving to me. Never. He's always, always. Uh, there's another verse I have in, on the screen, but it says, Where sin abounds, grace abounds much less, more. <laughs> How much is much more grace? Well, I really don't know. Is there ever a time when, you know, God's just going to say to you, sorry, you've just failed too many times, um, 70 times 7, uh, that's it, you're out of the picture. Uh, uh, no more grace, no more mercy for your life. That'll never happen, will it? It'll never happen. As long as God says there's only one requirement, one condition to live in his grace and mercy, and that is simple repentance and confession. And when we do that, we find continually that the reality is, is that God has his grace and mercy. It says in the Bible, his mercies are new every morning. And I've often wondered, why does his mercies need to be there every 24 hours, new every morning? Because I think I need them every morning. Because I, you know, I don't, it doesn't take much for something to go wrong, an attitude to be wrong, or something we say or do, or think, oh, that was wrong, I shouldn't have done that. And we just need his mercy and grace. And, and it says here in this scripture that how much more will your father give you? How much more? I find that terribly inspiring and encouraging. So much more God has for us. And we can never outgive him. We can never, uh, we can never walk too far away that he won't accept us back. We can never go and fail so much that he won't accept us and love us and embrace us. It's a bit like the prodigal son, isn't it? The young man walked away. The father waited. Didn't chase him down. And as soon as he walked back into his life, the father accepted him. And I love that, that thought. It's just like a heavenly father. So we see that uh, God is an ever-increasing provision for you. Uh, God's thoughts about you for an, inc- uh, for an increasing life. It just says here in Luke 12, 24. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Okay, that's important. God looks at you and says, valuable, valuable. And the more valuable anything is, uh, anything is he created, uh, sorry, more valuable than anything he created on the earth. More valuable than any animal, 
Uh, we're not equal with animals. We're, we're more valuable than animals. And when I value something, I try and make it better. When I value it, I try to make it better. If it's my marriage, if it's whatever it may be, I want to make it better. I want to see it increase. I just want to see it blessed. I want to see it better than it was yesterday. And you know, God has the same attitude about us. If we're valuable, he's not going to let you just ride yourself in the, in, into the dirt in life and fail. No, he wants to see something added to your life. He wants to see increase. And he sees you as valuable. And God's no different. He Come on, he says, you know, he wants to bring increase into our lives. So the question has to be asked, how does God bring an increasing life happen? How does it happen? How does an increasing life for us happen? You might say tonight, well, I seem to have everything I want. Folks, we can never have enough of what God wants to give us. Uh, I want to be hungry for more of his empowerment and his love and his strength and joy. Um, and not the things of this world, because the things of this world are never going to bring what the fulfillment in life. You know, you can have more of the world's things, the temporary things, but what we really need is more of what God wants us to have. How do we activate those type of things in our life? And, and I just thought of uh, several things here I want to just share with you. And you know, what I've discovered in life, if, if I want to see um, the increase of God activated in my life, um, the first thing I have to do is I have to actually do that. It's not automatically I have to activate it. I have to activate it. Every increase... Um, begins with the seed that is sown, isn't it? I have to activate. I can't just sit back and say, well, you know, I was talking this morning about God's incredible omniscience. That's all-knowing. He knows everything about your life. And, you know, the truth is, you just there's no good just sitting back and says, well, God's got everything planned. I'll just sit back and see how it all unfolds. No, you, you've got to be intimately involved in your life and make decisions every day. And, and to activate the, the increase in our life, we have to, activate, we have to sow the seed. Uh, Ecclesiastes, I love Ecclesiastes 11.1. 1. It just says this. This is not working, obviously. Is it? It is. Back one. There we go. Ecclesiastes 11.1. 1. It says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Um, and then... In, in the New Living Translation, it says, Give generously, for your gifts will return to you later. It's the same verse, it's just explained in a bit more contemporary English. The word, if we go to the first, the top one, it says, Cast means to send away. And the word bread means seed. And so we see it says, Send away your seed. And then it says, The promise is you'll find it after many days. And so the promise is when you send away your seed, you'll find it one day. And when you sow it, you'll activate it. And until you sow it, or until you send it away, it'll never be activated. N not a single person here would not be aware of the case that you can stick a pocket of. Uh, have a pocket of seeds and never sow them, and they'll never grow one little bit. But you, you disperse the seed, put it in the soil, give it a good environment of water, earth, and sunlight, and man, bang, you'll have a plant. And from that plant will grow more seeds and more fruit, and you can take those seeds and you can plant them. So you get a multiplication factor. But you've got to sow it. You've got to activate it. Um, and, and that's the key to it. You, could, you, you, know, you can take the promises of God, and you can read them and say, oh, you know, all things work together for good to those who love God, according, according to his purpose. Do you know all things work together for good to those who love God? You've got to activate that. You've got to love God. You've got to be in, spend some time in his presence. You know what I'm saying? You know, we can read the scriptures and think, well, that's nice. But we never follow through with it, and it's a dead thing. Never activate it. Never take up the promises 
never see any fruit from it. But we can if we take a hold of it and believe it. Um, and so I think it's great to be a, an activator of our seed and not just a consumer of it. You know, we can, we can um, be given th- things and um, quite literally some of the seed you need to consume yourself. So you can, you know, some farmers grow seed, they can make bread, they can feed themselves. So some seed's important to be consumed, but some seed you need to sow if you want to have more so that you can have more to give more. And that's a great principle in Scripture. And uh, we've got to be careful because Ecclesiastes 11.4, it says this. Um, I'll let you flick it. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. And clearly we see that we, we can live life sometimes with an excuse. I don't want to live excuse-ridden life. And we never sow because we, we ne- that means we never activate our seed. We, we'll never see a return. We'll never see an increase. We'll always be saying, well, one day, one day, one day, you know, when I get married, then I'll do that. And then you get married and say, oh, well, one day, one day. Uh, when we have kids, we'll do that. When kids and you never do it. And you say, oh, one day when the kids are off their heads, we'll do that. And you never do it. And then one day when I retire, that's what I'll do it. And you never do it. You get to your deathbed and thought, I'll never did it. <laughs> That's what the scripture is saying in Ecclesiastes 4. It says, you know, if, if you observe the wind, ah, oh, well, the wind, it's too windy today, I don't sow. You know. Or oh, it's too cloudy today, you know, I can't, we shouldn't sow, it might rain and wash the seed away. And all these type of excuses. Folks, I think we all understand to live an excuse-ridden life is not to live a life at all. And so we've got to... Understand that something we get activated. You know, Matthew, in the book of Matthew, in the Bible, in the very first book of the New Testament, he says, ask and you shall receive. See, some seed is activated by asking. Sometimes we fail to ask. We have not because we ask not, says in Scripture. Peter says to this group of Christians at Philippi, he says, stand fast in the Lord. Some seeds activated by perseverance. Hanging in there. Not giving up too early. Not throwing your hands in there and saying, well, it didn't happen. I waited five minutes and it never happened. Or sometimes you may have to wait five months, five years. But you don't, it's through perseverance sometimes and you can, it's activated as we stand strong. Paul says to the Thessalonians, give thanks in everything. Give thanks. And then he says, rejoice and always pray without ceasing. Here's, you know, some of our seed is activated what comes out of our mouth in difficult times. Whether it's going to be, you know, a grumble, grumbling attitude, or it's going to be a thankful attitude or a praising attitude. Whether we're going to throw our hands in the air and say, what's the use? Or we're going to say, hey, amen, uh, God is up to something. I can trust him in this. And it's activated by our faith levels there. And so we're going to, we're going to see those things sometimes. And there's an there's a incident in John chapter 9 when Jesus comes to a man who's totally blind. He, he spits in the dirt, takes the dirt and makes it into mud, and he kind of puts it on his eyeballs. And you know, sometimes when Jesus touched people, they were healed of their blindness straight away. And yet for this guy, for some reason, Jesus didn't do it that way. He then said, go and wash in the pool of Shalom. If you geographically look at Jerusalem and where Jesus you know, put the mud on, on his eyes and where he had to walk down to the pool of Shalom, that's, that's clearly about a kilometer and a half walk. A blind man with mud on his eyes walking for a kilometer and a half. Maybe he had someone to guide him. The scripture doesn't say he did or he didn't. But the reality is, that's a bit of a faith step, isn't it? That's a fair walk. 
I don't think the guy probably had ever seen the path down to Shalom, the Pool of Shalom, but he walks down there, and it's a, it's a level of faith. And sometimes, what have we got to do with our, to activate a miracle? There's, there's sometimes a little bit of a faith that we need to let, build in our hearts. Maybe we have to literally do something. Sometimes it's stepping out of your comfort and doing something out of the ordinary, isn't it? To activate that faith that will bring that miracle. And for this man, it was his walk down to the pool of Shalom. It was his, and more than anything, it was the obedience to what Jesus told him to do. So obedience often activates. That's a word sometimes in our culture today that people don't like to hear. Oh, man, I'll do my own thing, my own way when I want to. Well, maybe, you know, we've got to realize that God just would love obedience. He says obedience is better than sacrifice. In other words, obedience to him is better than all the, the wonderful things you may do or say. It's just being obedient. You know, we can do a lot of things for God, but what does God want us to do? What does he really want us to do? It activates increase. So, so we see that um, we've got to activate it. Let's move on quickly. Increase. Increase not only needs to be activated, but I've discovered that increase often begins small and multiplies. And the law of increase is in the seed. Remember, a seed is just one seed, but the potential within that seed is to produce many seeds. So it starts small, but it increases. I've found this over my life that uh, sometimes God just starts small with me, but it can multiply. And as I get faithful to the little, he gives me more. So I can be faithful for that, and more and more comes. It multiplies. Um, there's a verse in the Bible. There's a guy called Job. Many of us know Job. He was the guy that copped the hard. He copped it bad. He lost his family. He lost his um, buildings. He lost his crops. He lost his animals, You know, his sheep, goats, donkeys. He even lost his sons and daughters. Everything was gone. He even lost his health. And he's sitting there and some friends come along and this statement was made. It was almost like a prophetic word over his life and it came to pass. And it says in Job chapter 8 verse 7 this, Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end will increase abundantly. And you know what? That's exactly what happened. As Job trusted God. Someone said, curse God and die. Job said, no, I won't do that. And uh, at the end of his life, he had more than what he started with. And so it starts small sometimes, but it multiplies. Um, there's another Old Testament character called Joseph, and I love Joseph's life. There's many stories and instances and things we could share about Joseph. But Joseph was the second son of um, 12 sons, second youngest. His 10 older brothers ended up hating him. Uh, uh, they sold him into slavery. That's a great family, isn't it? When your brothers do that to you, he was just a servant in Potiphar's house. And yet, as he applied himself to Potiphar's house as a servant, as a slave, he became the head servant in Potiphar's house. He was mistreated. Um, uh, he was misjudged. Uh, and he was thrown into jail. And while he was a prisoner there in jail, he became the head prisoner to look after all the prisoners. And then eventually, you know the end of the story, he becomes second in charge of all of Egypt through a set of circumstances. And what it is about Joseph's life, he sowed his life into what was before him. Just the little things. Life was only small in the scheme of things, but it multiplied. Wherever he went, it became bigger because he simply looked at what was ahead of him and he sowed himself into that. And whatever you've got, whatever you've got sow it into what is before you and watch it multiply. 
Sometimes we have big dreams. Don't lose the big dreams, but realize start where you are. Just do the best. Serve where you can. Love where you can. Pray where you can. Encourage where you can. Praise when you can. Just wherever you can, right? You so activate those things right now and watch it multiply in your life. Watch it get bigger. As you're faithful with the little, God brings more along. Isn't that good news? See, God's always wanting to increase. Thank you for your overwhelming encouragement. Amen. Do you agree? It is the truth, isn't it? Here's the, here's the, not only do you need to activate it and God starts small and multiplies, but here's the third thought. Increase always brings some chance of a challenge. Chance of a challenge. Because if you're going to increase, sometimes there's more struggles and more discipline needed and more challenges involved in doing that increase. You know, um, uh, Proverbs chapter 14 verse 4 says this. It's a great verse. And it says... Where, the, where no oxen are, the trough is clean, but much increase comes by the strength of an ox. Okay? So if you, um, much increase comes from the strength of an ox. You think about this little thought. Um, you know, obviously Old Testament here is using an oxen as the metaphor, as the example. But, you know, what do oxen do? They, they ox poo, don't they? That's the reality of it. And, you know, if you want more strength, you want more increase, you want more things to happen, sometimes you're going to have more ox poo. <laughs> it's a reality, isn't it? You're going to have to, you know, it's going to, you have to clean that, that's, that, uh, that stall out more often. But that's what, if you want something to more increase, you're going to have more mess. And we don't like the mess. And I think sometimes the biggest roadblock to pushing through to see increase through faith isn't so much our doubt. We don't doubt what God can do. Sometimes it's our comfort levels that we don't want to step out of. Which, if we would step out of those comfort levels to do something new, God will bring increase. Increase. Because it just doesn't smell nice. It doesn't look nice. We have to work a little bit harder. We have to shovel the rubbish out of the road. But you know, increase is going to come. Some things that we've got to do that's going to bring increase. And it's going to be a little bit stretching. You know, um, it's going to be uh, something that's going to be a bit more difficult. But you know, you never grow when you're sitting on the beach at Heron Island with a, you know, a lemonade in the sun, do you? You grow when, there's, when, you, when you're sitting in the midst of your trial. You really grow in character when you're sitting in that and you think, oh, this is not comfortable, but I'm going to push through. I'm going to see increase. And uh, that's what we have to realize. Increase means you have a little, maybe a little, work a little harder, be more determined. You're going to have to wake up maybe that 10 minutes early and spend that time doing that, what that is important to see increase. Um, Paul knows what he was talking about. And uh, Paul says to uh, the group of Christians at Philippi, I press on for the prize. I press on for the prize. He also says, I reach forward to those things which are ahead. Reaching forward, pressing on. It kind of gives that picture of, oh, there's some work involved in this. And then he says to Timothy, young Timothy, he says, Tim, you've got to fight the good fight. So I may lay hold of eternal life. You've got to put some effort in. It's a good fight. It's not a bad fight. So be encouraged. And so Paul knows about some of the struggles that he has to face. Um, 
It's not so easy sometimes. Can I just have the team come back up? That'd be great on the stage tonight. Some time ago, I was speaking to a friend of mine, and in his um, lounge room, he had a lovely big fish tank. It was about a meter and a half long. Beautiful fish tank, and there's groups of fish in there. And in there, particularly, that I uh, had much interest in was this shark. There's a shark in the fish tank. And they say, hey, is that a shark? He says, that certainly is a shark. And he, goes, he went on to tell me, he says, you know, I said, how old is that shark? He says, that's a fully matured shark. I said, they're going to be fully matured. It's literally only 10 centimeters long. It's not, how could it be? He says, no, no, you don't understand. He says, that's a shark that'll only grow to the size of the tank. I said, really? I said, what about if you put it in a bigger tank? He says, it'll grow bigger. But it'll never grow past the size of the tank. I said, yeah, that's fascinating. I said, what you, if you took that shark and put it in the ocean? He said, it, it has the potential to grow to two and a half meters long. I said, fair dinkum. You sure it's not going to grow that big in this tank? He says, no, no way. It'll never happen. It was a stupid question, but I just kind of, you know, could just have this picture of, you know, wake up in the morning and it's another 10 centimeters and there's, you know, a meter long shark in a meter and a half tank. It wouldn't be too exciting, would it? But it was never going to happen. And he said, why? He said, and you know why. You could see the point. It's because it'll only, the, the, the growth of the shark, even though it's fully matured, will always depend upon the size of the environment. And, and you know, the truth is, your, the growth in your life for what God has for you will always depend on the size of the environment and the capacity of the environment of your heart. How much are you going to let God intervene? How much are you going to let God in? How much are you going to let Him build some faith? How much seed are you going to activate through maybe talking to God or just asking or just giving Him praise? How much are you going to activate in the difficult times when it's really hard just to lift your voice and say, God, I just praise you. Don't feel like it. How, how much are you going to activate when, the, when the, that situation comes along and you know the person that's done you so much wrong and you're still willing to say, I just forgive them. I mean, at that activates something real in your life when you do that. God's presence, God's strength. How, how many, when are you going to, but I, or are you going to be confined? Confine yourself, limit yourself. Because we all want to see, we want to do things for God and we want to be, do something great. And, but you know what? Sometimes we don't want to do the hard yards, it just activates something of his seed in our life he wants to bring increase but increase comes as we change the environment and make ourselves allow a bigger heart a bigger attitude a bigger passion, a bigger desire I don't want to be the shark that sits in a meter and a half and only ever grows 10 centimeters long you know, I want the full capacity and I want to say, you know, the full capacity means they throw him into the ocean and he'd grow to two and a half meters or whatever it is. And God has made the wide open places for us. He's made it wide open. He says, come on, all the, all the openness, all the, the, the sea in the world, you've got it all. You can, and you, it's limitless what God can do in you. It's, the only thing that limits you is your capacity and the environment that you place yourself within. My prayer would be that we would see that God wants to bring increase, encouragement, blessing. Could we stand tonight?